thank you for being here. We, um, we also thank, want to thank South by Southwest for, for having the first ever travel and tourism track, which we're really excited about. <laughs> um, I wanted to first introduce myself and my lovely uh, colleagues here. Um, I'm Bettina Garibaldi. I'm the uh, managing director at Ketchum Travel, Hospitality, and Leisure. Ketchum is a global communications consultancy. We, um, we operate like a consultancy with different industry expertise, um, travel, tourism, and leisure, one in which I oversee, but we have a slew of others, and we work with a lot of uh, capability specialists, whether that be media relations, experts, uh, issues in crisis, reputation management, everything in the realm of marketing communications. Uh, so I've been in the field for uh, almost two decades now. Uh, you know, I started marketing um, you know, in college and kind of fell into public relations, which has been, been um, an absolute pride to do because it is um, a lot of meaningful work at the clients that I've, I've had the pleasure and honor to work with. And speaking of which, one of those clients is Leah Chandler, sitting here to my right. So Leah is the CMO of Discover Puerto Rico. So Discover Puerto Rico is the destination marketing organization for Puerto Rico. And their mission is to attract tourism to the island, um, both uh, domestic, so mainland U.S. tourism. Obviously, Puerto Rico is, is a U.S. territory, um, but also international tourism. Uh, Leah, you know, she's very humble, but she uh, she has won numerous awards for the for the amazing work that she's been doing, and most recently was a 2023 Top Women in Hospitality and Travel. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, the DMO in Puerto Rico was established in 2018. So it is a fairly, not, not new organization, but within, we know, other domestic destinations. Um, and you know, under her leadership, uh, her CEO's leadership, and her entire team at Discover Puerto Rico, they have been able to uh, generate record-breaking numbers in 2019, in 2021, in 2022 as well. So we're really proud of the work that we've been doing with them, together with them. And next to Leah is uh, Jason Rosario. He is the Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at BBDO. BBDO is a global advertising and creative firm, a sister agency to Ketchum's. We are part of the larger Omnicom network. And um, he, again, also very humble, um, but he recently won um, Ad Color DEI Executive of the Year this past fall. So. for all the amazing work that he does uh, for his organization, for Budio, for Omnicom, and his clients, of course. So thank you both very much for being here. Thank you for rolling your R's when you said my name. By oh. the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, so we are here to talk about uh, values-based marketing and how it's impacting travel. And what we'll uncover during this conversation today is what does that even mean? Uh, what impact does that have on local communities and how certain travel brands and destinations are embracing this way of marketing? Um, so before diving into that specific term, um, I wanted to punt it over to Leah to just share a bit more about Give us a, a sense of just the travel industry as a whole right now and any nuances that we, as a destination or a travel brand, just need to be aware of. Sure. So that is a, a big umbrella, right? Um, coming out of COVID, which I know we're all tired of hearing that phrase, but we're, we're still in that space. Um, we have seen, uh, obviously, the impact to the travel and tourism category was significant, and we're still seeing it in a lot of areas of tourism. There's been a lot of great recovery, and Puerto Rico's had an amazing recovery story. But let's take cruise, for example. You know, cruise is not back to where it was pre-COVID, and so there are, a, there are destinations that are still working to get those areas back to, to where they were. So when we talk about consumers and how they have changed and evolved, we've seen a massive shift in what they are looking for in destinations. During the pandemic, we know people wanted to get outside. Uh, they wanted a lot of um, experiences that were connected to nature. We're still seeing some of those trends, but I think what has stuck around that was really triggered by COVID is this need for meaning within travel. People wanted to 
connect with the people more who they were traveling with, and they wanted to go to destinations where they were going to have the opportunity to connect with local communities. And Puerto Rico has sort of been in that space all along. When we uh, started the DMO back in 2018, as Bettina mentioned, we really rooted our brand in the DNA of Puerto Rico, the culture of Puerto Rico. You know, how do you stand apart from your competitive set when everybody has beautiful beaches and sun and sand and warm weather year round? We felt like Puerto Rico's culture is so authentic to the destination and something that's really, really unique compared to other destinations in the Caribbean. So we had this opportunity to sort of weave together what was already rooted in the Puerto Rico DNA with what we we're seeing consumers start to not just sort of ask for or prefer, but almost demand. You know, when we come to your destination, we want to get connected to the people who are there, to the businesses who are there. They weren't looking as much for those surface level vacations. Now, are there people who still want to very much have what we call a fly and flop vacation? They want to, you know, come to a resort and stay seven days and never leave the resort? Absolutely. And we like those visitors too. Um, and, and a lot of the Caribbean destinations see those types of visitors a lot. But in Puerto Rico, we know we can offer consumers a much deeper experience. So how do we take what we're seeing in the travel and hospitality industry as sort of a movement and marry that to what the destination already intrinsically offers. And that's where this uh, values-based tourism marketing strategy um, began. Great, no, thank you. It obviously goes without saying that Puerto Rico as a destination offers yeah, rich history, heritage, culture. Um, and, and these are all additional drivers and key differentiators for a destination to, to push out there, right? To, to, to encourage folks to, to embrace that. Um, and it's what makes a destination ideal for travelers that are, are seeking that. Um, so, so Jason, wanted to get your perspective on, on the current travel landscape currently, but then also specifically, how does diversity play a role within that? Yeah, so you know, it's, I'll start with you know, we're all marketers, we're all storytellers here, and um, we have a responsibility uh, to shape the world and cultural narratives that we live in today, and also the ones that we hope and inspire to live in in the future. And so, through the stories that we tell for, on behalf of our clients, Discover Puerto Rico being one of them. And so, when you think about the way that the world is shrinking and becoming more accessible to, to everyone through social media, et cetera, you, you start to really understand the impact and the importance of shaping those cultural narratives as a way for um, people to connect, learn, and grow together. Uh, and so when you think about uh, travel specifically, I know no other industry where all of those things come to life in a real way, in a 3D way, where when people travel, uh, not only is the experience coming to life, but their growth, the, the, their personal growth uh, comes to life by way of the experiences that they're having. So. Leah, you mentioned the way that the travel industry has, has shifted post-pandemic. When you take that and you kind of extrapolate that forward, the experience economy is now the real uh, reason or, or a major reason why people are traveling. Uh, so they want to have more meaningful connections, more meaningful experiences, uh, and all of that is related directly to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, DE&I fundamentally is about people and how we connect with each other, and so that's why it's important. Fabulous. So it's, it's clearly, and I just moved to the slide here, but it's clearly undeniable how obviously we as people are going through, through a lot, right? Geopolitical turmoil, uh, pandemic, right? Uh, political unrest, um, just a lot, right? And, and as marketers, it's ex exceptionally important for us to, to make sure that we're continuing to connect with people during these most you know, adverse times, and doing it in a very authentic and meaningful way. Um, you know, for us, it's, you know, and as communicators, it's been about, you know, connecting those dots and, and making those meaningful, um, you know, relations uh, with your, your public, wh whoever that might be. And interestingly, you know, it's, it's all inherent to, to your own personal values, right, as a person but also as an organization. And that's where the term, right, values-based marketing comes into the mix. So I'd, I'd love to pass it on to Leah again to hear, you know, what, is, what does values mean to you and how have you been able to bring that 
to the forefront in the work that you've been doing? Well, first and foremost, I want to say that you can still come to Puerto Rico and have lots and lots of fun, right? It doesn't have to, we're not talking about like this really, everything has to be heavy now when you travel and do have, you have to, you know, do volunteerism when you come to a destination. We still are a, uh, by nature, a industry that sells fun, that sells memories, that really wants people to, to come and have a good time. Um, but can you do that while also being connected to the, the visitors and, and giving them something that they can take with them and keep with them and also share with other people when they leave? And I think, you know, values, obviously, it's about um, what you stand for, what do you believe in, and consumers are having those same conversations with themselves, with their friends, with the people they work with. What is important to me? So how does a destination take what is already a part of their DNA and marry that to what consumers, uh, or what, what is important to consumers? So product still plays a very big role. We know that there are people who want to come to a destination and they really want to experience food, or they want to go to El Junque, the rainforest in Puerto Rico. They want to um, have a, an experience where they're uh, on the beaches, they're riding horses on the beach. You can still do all of those things, and it's still our job to market those things. But if we can get at the root of the type of experience people want to have beyond the product, and that's connecting with those local communities, then we're doing something beyond selling a hotel room night, right? And I think that's where our job has become so much more important than it, it ever has. For us, it's not about just attracting more tourism. It's about attracting the right kind of tourism. And are these conscientious travelers, as we call them, the types of travelers who are going to respect the local cultures, who are going to really get um, immersed in the, the experiences that Puerto Rico offers, and ultimately really respect the destination as a whole. Um, I say leave it better than they found it, or at least not leave it worse, right? And again, we're not talking about volunteerism, we're not talking about green tourism and sustainability, but we're really talking about respecting the people, respecting the culture, observing the culture, but not necessarily trying to take that and claim it as your own. And I think that's where this values-based tourism concept has become um, not just a, a marketing play for Discover Puerto Rico, but it's really become the basis of how we are speaking to consumers. Thanks, Leah. And Jason, clearly, obviously, the work that you do day in and out. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is becoming a top priority like it very well should and probably should have many, many, many years ago. But what does the, the term value mean to you when it comes to this kind of greater context? Well, value and values are different, right? Um, so, so look, I think, and you've probably heard this term before, is that travel is the only thing that we can spend money on that leaves us richer, right? Richer in spirit, richer in, in personal growth and experiences, et cetera. And so when you think about most travelers, uh, that appeals to their core values of perhaps curiosity or, or even love, right? The love of connecting with different people and different experiences. Um, and so I think that's where you start to really be, as, as, a, as a storyteller, as a marketing uh, organization, you start to kind of appeal to what I'll call the intersectional value that we all have. Have, um, what makes us different, all of those elements that makes us different, when you unlock that, then you really start to move from being um, you know, a net consumer of culture and, and instead of becoming more a contributor of culture or a steward or a custodian of culture. And I think those are really important values. Those are really important considerations when you think about traveling for both the traveler and also the, the local community is really making sure that you're thinking about how you're bringing, what kind of experiences you're, ha you're wanting to have, and then also what you're adding to that community when you're spending time in, in that destination. Yeah, so it's so true. So it's about obviously creating those deeper connections and bonds. Uh, your, your origins, your upbringing, right, your experiences all contribute to your inherent values as a, as a person, and then the choices that you make when you're choosing to travel. For, for, for fun, right, for, for your personal enjoyment, but it's ensuring that you're doing it the right way. The right way. Uh, personally, you know, I'm from Argentina, uh, born there, raised uh, uh, around the world. My father w was a diplomat in foreign service there, so it's actually given me and, and opened up my eyes to, right, a lot of cultures outside my own, um, and what it's allowed me to do is embrace others, right? And, and embrace differences and ensure that 
it's okay to be curious, right? It's okay to at first not know uh, what something is. It might be a little different than what you used to. And, and it's something that we know now and data is showing us that travelers are seeking right, to learn and to travel somewhere and, and to learn another culture. In fact, the statistic, uh, most recent statistic is about 65%. You want to go to a place to, to, to be connected to the, to the local culture um, and the community. And it's up to yeah, destinations and, and, and travel brands to embrace that and, and do that the right way. Um, because there, there is the, the fine balance of, as Leah mentioned, leaving a place either the same as you found it or, or, um, or even better. But that's not only just physical littering, right? That's actually connecting with folks and, and talking to them and, and learning from them and vice versa and, and actually potentially even changing someone's life and conversation that you had someone in your local bodega in the corner. So it's about really um, taking these things at heart and as marketers, evaluating what we can do to communicate this in a very authentic and sensible way. Um, obviously, there's you know, a, a you know, human desire for this connection with others when we're traveling. Um, and I know we're probably sounding like so much marketing jargon right now, values-based marketing. Like, what, what is that? Um, but I, I wanted to, you know, first I'll start with you, Jason, to ask you a question of how, how can we as a destination embrace that and that human desire to connect with a local community? And then later, once he's done, Lee, I'd love to, for you to just elaborate on how you were able to do that for Discover Puerto Rico. Yeah, so can I read something to oh, the audience? Yes. Um, just because it's a quote and I don't want to butcher it, so please <laughs> please uh, bear with me for a minute. But it's a quote by none other than Mark Twain. Um, and I thought, you know, as I was preparing for this conversation, I thought it was incredibly uh, timely and relevant to this conversation, so I'll read it. It says, travel is a fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all of one's lifetime. So I think to me that was a great quote that encapsulated what I think some of the answer to this question is, right? Which is, we live in a polarized world, right? We know that. Everything is sensitive. Everyone has an opinion about something. You can't say the wrong thing. You don't want to say the, you know, you want to say the right thing. You don't want to say the wrong thing. So I think thinking about how we can break some of those barriers down through travel, through experience, through conscientious travel, uh, and really thinking about what we're trying to add uh, as opposed to what we're trying to take away is incredibly important to connection. Um, and then when it, th when it comes to uh, the local community, I think one of the responsibilities that we have, again, as marketers, is to empower those communities to tell their own stories. You know, we can very easily kind of craft a, a, a creative territory around what we want to communicate about the destination, but equally as important and as authentic, if we're, if we're talking about authenticity, is to empower those communities to tell their own stories in a, in a reflective, positive way. Yeah, and, and Leah, to build on that, so clearly, Embracing the local community and their their uh, their culture, their heritage, that's a centerpiece to your most recent campaigns. Could you elaborate a little bit more on how you've been able to kind of evoke that message the right sure. way? Sure, sure. So first, uh, Puerto Rico has been through, as, as you might be aware, some uh, significant challenges over the last five years. And so a lot of the marketing that the DMO has done after we were established in 2018 has been what I would call reactionary marketing. We've been dealing with how do we get tourists back post-hurricane, post-earthquake, post-pandemic. And so we have been having to pivot very, very quickly and adapt our messaging to ensure we're educating consumers this part of the island is open and operating. Hey, the airport is closed today. It, it's been very sort of transactional, a lot of the messaging we've had to do. As we were emerging from the pandemic in 2021 um, and into early 2022, we started talking about this opportunity to really hit the reset button in positioning the destination for the future. We were getting back to our roots with a brand campaign. So again, not a reactionary campaign, but what's a message that we can 
ground ourselves in. It's not just a year-long campaign, a two-year-long campaign, but something that really has legs um, and is super authentic to the destination. It's not a one-off. It's not you know trying to respond to some uh, issue that's going on. And we started with research, and research is at the center of everything the DMO does. It's very, very critical for us to understand our consumers, but it's equally as critical for us to be talking to locals. And that was a huge part of embarking on this new campaign territory. We talked to locals, we talked to tastemakers, we talked to uh, our key stakeholders, and not just saying we, we talked to our marketing committee and we talked to our board of directors, we did focus groups with Boricuas, with Puerto Ricans who, who live on the island. If our communication, if our messaging that we were putting out was something that was not going to be embraced by them, we're dead in the water. And I think any destination is in the same boat today. You take a look at a, a destination like Hawaii and what they're going through. Tourism can't charge into a room like a bull in a, a china shop and say, we're here, we're going to generate revenue, this is the only thing that's important. If you don't have the backing of the people who live there, and they are not going to embrace the messaging and the way that you are portraying them to the world, we're not doing our jobs well in today's world. I'm sorry, you know, I mean, so that was where we started with, when we talk about, Bettina, the human truths, what's the truth with our consumers? Yes. But what is also the truth with the people who live in Puerto Rico and what is important to them and how do they want to see tourism grow in Puerto Rico? Tourism is a very important piece of our economy. Right now it supports uh, about 92,000 jobs on the island. It's not the top industry in Puerto Rico. There's a lot of room for growth there, but 92,000 people are impacted daily by visitors coming to the island. So we don't take this lightly and that's why research was so critical. We talk to our team. We have a team that is 85% uh, Boricua, so our, our team is made up of mostly Puerto Ricans who also had a lot of input and insight into building out these campaign concepts. We tested many concepts across the board. Uh, we tested them locally. We tested them with consumers, and we even tested diaspora. Puerto Rico has a huge diaspora market in the United States and places like Florida here in Texas and New York. Actually, more Puerto Ricans live in the States than actually live in Puerto Rico right now. So we want to talk to them, too. They're our ambassadors. They're people who are really, really passionate about Puerto Rico. So getting all of this you know, uh, information from a real 360-degree approach was so critical to building something that we felt like was not just going to work to bring more tourists to the island, but that ultimately was going to weave authenticity into the strategy and be something that was universally embraced by the people off the island and the people who were, were on the island. What's been really interesting, and I don't think we have it in the slide, but it, it, it bears mentioning, especially if you're in the, the tourism industry, um, because we love seeing oh, what motivates travel, right? What's important? What's making people book one destination over another? Um, we always see, you know, weather is the number one travel motivator, especially if you're a, a destination like Puerto Rico in the Caribbean. <laughs> and what's next? It's restaurants, it's shopping, it's attractions. Today, it is culture in Puerto Rico. Culture is number two only to weather. And we have never seen that in any of our studies in the past five years. And I would challenge any destinations who are also doing things like visitor profile <laughs> studies to take a look at those travel motivators and what are people, how are people making decisions about where they're going. Um, to see culture pop up under number, uh, only under weather was something that really surprised us, but says, we're on the right track here, and if we do this well, we're not only going to give consumers an amazing experiences, but we're truly going to honor the island. Yeah, and clearly, obviously, cultural nuances, ensuring that we're making sure that we are doing our due diligence, as Leah mentioned. I mean, having worked with Leah for the past four or five years now, everything has been rooted in data, and uh, and that speaks volumes, right? You can't refute that, and. Um, you know, we did want to show you the um, the spot. Um, did you want to give it a bit of a aha, uh -huh, or do you want the the video to? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like showing like baby pictures for the first time. <laughs> 
Um, no, I mean, it's, uh, again, it, it was, the campaign was not only, you know, not only did we do research with locals, um, but locals were in front of the camera, locals were behind the camera, 100% of our cast and crew is Boricua. Uh, for the first time ever, we're super proud that the campaign was produced um, locally. Um, again, 100% the director was Puerto Rican, uh, the, the um, video director, also the still photographer was a Boricua woman. All of the um, the clothing that was worn, all of the props, the jewelry was made locally. So again, it's it's not just us up here talking the talk when we do panels and tell people about what is values-based marketing, but it's really walking the walk and supporting local communities through activating on the ground and making sure that 100% of what we're bringing to you is a, is from Puerto Rico. Okay, so we'll share the video right now. In Puerto Rico. We call ourselves Boricua, a unique name honoring our island heritage and the vibrant spirit of our people. When you bask in the warmth of our beaches, when you taste the love in our food, when you embrace the call of our adventures, you'll find that spirit in yourself. Dare to live every moment. Live Boricua. So for those of you who don't know uh, the word Boricua, I, I should have started probably with that. I, I assume lots of people know about it, but we, we do know that education is an important piece of this campaign, and I think Bettina is going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but Boricua is a, a indigenous name from Puerto Rico. Um, Puerto Rico is made up of the heritages of uh, Taino Indians, of Africans, and also of Spanish cultures. So it's a, an incredible blend of, um, of amazing cultures that create Puerto Ricans. And the word Boricua really lends to the spirit of Puerto Rico, um, the spirit of the people of Puerto Rico. And it's a, a word that brings a lot of pride to Puerto Ricans. And it's something even as recently as this week, we've done testing. Uh, we continue to, to measure um, sentiment around the campaign. And the vast majority, uh, I think over 85% of people on the island said we're very proud of the word Boricua and we're very proud of the way that uh, we market the island using this term. Yes, yeah, so when we were supporting Leah and her team, education was critical and central in this uh, because we knew that you know, two-thirds of, of, of folks that, that we uh, surveyed did not know what it meant. So, um, but it, it kind of intrigued that curiosity, as I mentioned earlier, because we, we conducted a few other studies of, well, take a look at this ad, does it pique your interest? Would this make you want to travel to Puerto Rico? And surprisingly, almost almost you know, 75% of folks did. So now is our role as marketing communications professionals to educate travelers for those who don't know. Because just like I said, if you don't know, just because you don't know something, it doesn't mean um, it can't be appealing to you. So we've done this in a variety of ways um, at the launch of, of the campaign um, last May, but uh, you know, in the form of edutainment, um, and it's really about drilling into and educating the traveler uh, about the Puerto Rican culture, what Boricua means, and, and doing that in very unique ways. Um, and most recently, uh, a couple weeks ago, um, you know, we were on Jeopardy! Right. Um, so, what is a, a person of uh, you know Puerto Rican descent? What is Boricua? And uh, we were really proud of that. And there's just unique ways to really get that message across. In addition to obviously educating in, in, in deeper ways. And we've been able to to do this right very creatively. Um, it's it's for us and everything we've been doing. It's really been about intentional education to travelers. Um, you typically think, right, uh, or, or you, you assume that folks kind of, we live and breathe this every day, where we, we, but that's not necessarily the case, but that's a challenge for us as far as, but how can we um, get more folks to, to embrace this word and, and it become a thing, right? That, that more than, you know, two thirds of folks did not know what it is. And it's, it's about the word, but it's also about the meaning uh, behind it and what it represents. Um, so I, I wanted to, you know, pass it on to Jason to just share a little bit about just this education piece, right? So 
why education in a campaign like this should be front and center to really make it 360 surround sound and ultimately effective. Yeah, so I'm gonna go back in time because there are two parts to that answer. The first part that I wanna kind of mention, um, just to piggyback on something that Leah said, is that uh, we took, and I say we because I had the privilege of working with Leah and her team and Ketchum's team uh, at the very beginning of developing these stories. Um, we took an inside out approach to everything that we did. The first thing that we did, the first phase of this campaign before it ever hit the market was that we spent a lot of time talking internally about what are Discover Puerto Rico's values uh, and how are they gonna show up externally? Because when you think back to the summer of 2020, uh, when all brands started to kind of make these public statements of support for diversity, uh, the biggest backlash that brands saw was that there was no commitment, there was no alignment with their internal values, right? So when we talk about values, um, hopefully you see that the values that you'll see in the campaign were things that we were talking about earlier on. Um, so as it relates to education, you know, uh, let's just say what's the, probably the elephant in the room, right? Which is there's a fine line between cultural appreciation and cultural appropriation. And that, that is a very sensitive topic, of course, because of the world that we live in. And so for me, education plays an important role in that, not only in educating the traveler, but also educating kind of the, the local community. Uh, but putting the onus on the traveler to make sure that they understand what is cultural appropriation versus what is cultural appreciation and what can they do. So in my mind, you can be a traveler, you can go to a destination, observe culture, you can participate in it, but you don't have to own it or adopt it as your own. Uh, you don't have to infringe upon it. And I think those are very, very gray lines, quite frankly. And so that only comes through education. And whose responsibility is that? That's responsibility of the traveler, first and foremost. And to, this, to a certain extent, um, organizations in the travel industry, right, whether it's Discover Puerto Rico or others, to make sure that travelers are aware of the sensitivities in the destination that they're traveling to. And then hopefully uh, that'll see, you'll see that fall through uh, in the experience itself. Yeah, and, and to build on that, so what the campaign did was uh, elevated the identity, right, of a, a Boricua, a, a Puerto Rican, and it is offering a, a unique approach, right? It's a mix of offering the diverse, uh, you know, uh, offerings that the destination, uh, the product, as Leah mentioned, in this case, beautiful waterfall, um, and where folks are having a good old time, but also it's mixing product offerings with the identity of, of a Puerto Rican. So it's, it's really that intersection and knowing how to do that the right way. Um, and we, we like to you know, call it cultural sustainability, right? And, and ensuring that what we do, because we know that what we do um, is one, very meaningful work, because it does impact the livelihoods of the locals, but also we make sure that we, we keep that front and center. So my next question is for Leah, and, and I'll share a couple, um, another photo here from the campaign, but Leah, Tell me how, as an organization, you're prioritizing this, the, the, the value of the locals um, in there, whether it's, you've already kind of elaborated a bit on the actual development of it, but the continued value that they bring. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, our product is changing all of the time, so it's it's not a one and done. But we've done this campaign, we've got two or three spots out there. We just let it roll and 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 you know measure results and optimize the campaigns, and that's great. But when we talk about a campaign that has longevity, when we talk about a campaign that is here to do more than just drive revenue for a destination, and we're really planting our, our flag in the ground of something that has a lot more meaning and value to the destination. It's not just about a couple of TV spots. We have to continue to search out what is meaningful to the locals when we are talking about tourism outside of the island. So yes, product changes, and so we wanna go out, we wanna shoot new TV spots, we wanna shoot new ads um, when, when product evolves. But there's also going to be changing situations, there's changing landscapes. Um, our destination isn't uh, immune to that by any means. In fact, we're, we're leading change in a lot of ways because there's a lot of it, things that impact Puerto Rico, especially weather events over the last few years. So as those changes happen and as the destination evolves, the messaging 
has to evolve as well. And again, that's where the research plays such a big role, that we are not doing research every three or four years to see how consumer, to see how locals are feeling about the work that the DMO is doing. We're doing research every quarter. We are doing research, uh, what, what we call sentiment studies, every single quarter for, um, one, understanding do people locally get the value of tourism? You know, when you see a, a cruise ship drop 25,000 people off in a day into Old San Juan, you start to worry like, wow, is tourism good for Puerto Rico? So you have to dig deeper and make sure that you're not just educating consumers about what does Boricua mean, but you're educating locals about what is the value of travel and tourism when it's done right and you're bringing the kinds of uh, tourists who are going to respect that local culture, what does that mean to the local economy? What does that mean to local jobs? And how can that ultimately benefit the destination? And again, I think we're seeing um, locals push back. It's not just Hawaii. We're starting to see that in other destinations as well. If locals are not brought along on this narrative, if they're not being consulted as campaigns are being developed, they will lash out at tourists and tourists are going to come and they're not going to have a great experience and they're going to go back or they're going to post on social media about their negative experience. There's a lot that we can be doing right now as destination marketers to avoid getting in that situation. And I think that's where Discover Puerto Rico and, and our agency partners have worked really, really hard to stay in front of that because by the time you get to the point where consumers are saying, we don't want these people here. We don't think this is good for the destination. They're taking up resources that are meant for locals. They're not good for sustainability. Our jobs are done, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's too late by the time we start hearing those things. So to this day in Puerto Rico, the locals do see value in tourism and they do understand why, why tourism is important. When you, when you take a destination who's gone through Hurricane Maria, when we, we had a hurricane last year, Hurricane Fiona, we saw earthquakes at the beginning of, of 2020 setting aside the pandemic because it's something we, we all globally experience, but when you talk about those types of weather events and people say, oh gosh, should we go to Puerto Rico? Is Puerto Rico ready for tourism and travel? So obviously there's the logistical part of, are we actually ready and, and are things you know open? So there's, when, when we are at that place and we would get to the place where things are open and operating normally, yes, we need tourists. When it's done right, tourism can have a huge impact in bringing a destination back from a situation that has been extremely negative for the entire economy. In the case of, of a hurricane, when you come to the island and you are investing your money in local businesses, and this is where the research piece, you know, you say it, it is on consumers, and I agree with that. If, if consumers do want to travel conscientiously, you do that research on the front end, and you say, where are the restaurants that are open that are owned by locals? You know, what's an Airbnb or a short-term rental or a, a hotel that is based in Puerto Rico and is owned by Puerto Ricans? We want to go, and we want to be a part of the comeback story. And Puerto Rico's had an incredible comeback story since 2017 and bringing locals along to show them the value of tourism in addition to showing consumers. I think as marketers, we're so focused on showing consumers what we can do for them, but what's important today more than ever is showing locals the value of tourism and what tourism can do for them. And so it is a two-way street when it comes to communication. It's a, it's a mind shift that we have to make as tourism marketers. I think some of us are, are starting to, to see the impact that that can have locally. And when the local culture really embraces the tourism versus, um, as opposed to, you know, kind of vice versa, that it really can be this beautiful symbiotic relationship that has potential for significant growth and moving our economy forward. Perfect. Do you have anything to build to that as far as just kind of the proven effectiveness of involving the local community so i mean it's just who better to tell their story than locals right. i think that's exactly. it full stop exactly um so i'll switch over to the next slide because i did want to just um share sorry this is just a lot in my hands um just just you know as as we've mentioned we've been the keyword here is intentional in every single thing that we have done from, from the start in the development of uh, the campaign, but how this applies to just the larger, the larger right, marketing world, right? You, you, you can share and reapply a lot of these learnings in, in any campaign, no matter what industry you're in. But I wanted to share this slide um, because, in fact, um, it has been a very 
successful and effective uh, campaign so far. Um, and as Leah mentioned, it is about optimizing as we go, reading the data, making changes where we might need to, et cetera. But I wanted to, to uh, you can't see the slide, Leah, but there's three cute little uh, uh, images and stats here, um, just to share a little bit more about the results to date and then how you're continuing to adapt and evolve it. Sure, so I, I don't see the slides, but I think I know what we're talking about. Um, we, we've been very fortunate to have, as Bettina mentioned earlier, three record-breaking years out of the last five years that the DMO has been open, and, and 22 was the biggest year yet. Um, with record passenger arrivals, we've, uh, we've posted record revenues, um, and the biggest number and most important number for us is that employment number. How are we generating more jobs and tourism and hospitality for the island? So um, I'd be kidding you if I said, you know, oh, we all feel really good about this campaign and locals love the campaign and, you know, consumers are having these great experiences when they come to Puerto Rico. But I have to report to a board, right? And we have to be able to generate results from the campaign too. There's not a, a CMO who I know in the tourism and travel space who isn't have to, having to report out the performance. And so for us, we're looking at that economic impact on the island. Of course, we're looking at campaign statistics too and our reach and, and the uh, awareness numbers and likelihood to visit and all of those uh, traditional KPIs. I think right now we're tracking about 62 KPIs across the board on our campaigns. But then these are the big numbers. These are the numbers that, that our local industry is looking at, and they're seeing these reflected in their own businesses. And this is when we say we have hit success across the board because we feel like we're doing what's right by the island and it's showing in the results. We do feel like there is a potential for this campaign to, to really go the distance and to evolve. And that's where, again, the research comes in. And yes, we're optimizing the campaign, but we're also looking across the travel landscape the travel landscape is extremely saturated right now. If you're a travel marketer who's in the room, you had a break for a couple of years when a lot of people pulled back their marketing and if you were one of the marketers who still had a budget during COVID, you were top of the pack, right? I mean, people were seeing your message because the, the landscape was not nearly as saturated as it is right now. You look at uh, what's happening in the digital space and tourism and travel, consumers are inundated with messaging about where they should be traveling and what they should be doing when they get there. So our messaging has to break through. The messaging has to be authentic to the destination or consumers are going to see your great ads. They're going to get to the destination and have an experience that totally doesn't match what you've showed them and they're never going to come back. So we have to make sure that we are uh, very, very true to ourselves when we are shooting these ads. Um, we're not trying to be Miami. You know, We're not trying to be uh, Barbados. Puerto Rico is Puerto Rico, and we own what Puerto Rico has, and we want to share that with the world. And I think when we stay true to that, we're going to continue to see the successes that we that we have. At least that's what I'm telling my board. <laughs> no, so I think um, just doing a quick little time check. Yeah, we're, we'll leave the the last 15 or so minutes for any questions. But I wanted to to close on. Um, you know, clearly here, there's there's a few takeaways, no? And uh, it's all centered on the involvement of the local community and making sure that you're bringing them along the way and utilizing data to help you. Uh, sometimes your gut feelings are great, but it's not when you have to go back to a board <laughs> um, and, and prove results. And ensuring that you're optimizing as you go. You know, sometimes there's moments where it's a you know, piece of creative that, that might not have resonated as well as others, and then you make, you make a choice to, to pull that, right? And then to, to, to shoot, reshoot re creative, and it's all about um, remaining agile, but ensuring that, again, you, uh, as, as an individual, as professionals, but also your organization, your values, um, that you're bringing that into, into everything that you're doing from, from you know, a campaign perspective, and in this case for Discover Puerto Rico's Le Boricua. So I wanted to just thank Jason and uh, Leah for, for being here today. Thank you. Sharing your, your wisdom. <laughs> and we'd happily take any questions. I think we have folks to line up at the, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, hi, my name is Brian. Uh, I'm a finance professional who's actually starting a travel tech company. Um, and so my question is, how can travel brands, but also travelers, um, balance between uh, the virality of social media and fads and even stereotypes 
and then also still have an authentic experience. How can we actually give that to the consumers and even corporations who have business travel as well? Um, I feel like some people see things on social media or on the internet and they see one thing like the white buildings in Mykonos or the Monte Coast that was really big last year, right? How can we balance that and actually still present whatever destination it is to have its most authentic representation as possible? So you're asking sort of as a, as a destination how we can portray to travelers what's authentic? Yes. So as a destination or even a travel brand itself, yeah. how can we balance that, I guess, viral moment yeah. and also still have an authentic experience at the same time? Well, I think, you know, for us, the uh, when it comes to authenticity in our messaging, it, it, it's really about talking, I, I know I'm probably sounding like a broken record, but it really is about talking to locals. We don't have um, ad agencies who are coming to the island and writing content for Puerto Rico. Uh, we have our staff who are Puerto Rican, who are writing our content for Puerto Rico, who are taking our photography. We work with about 27 content creators around the island. So I think what you see in our ads, if uh, sometimes you know we get pushback locally, and someone says, "Oh, you know, that's not a banana, that's a plantain," and it's like, "Okay, well, locals are taking those photos, locals are writing that copy. They might make a mistake here and there too, but all of what we're putting out is from locals. You you will sometimes see user-generated content that we may resurface, but for the most part, what what we're putting out, and we're very transparent with that." what you're going to see is being generated by locals. And we really encourage our travel partners, whether it's a travel advisory, it's a, a, um, a travel a tour operator, our local hoteliers, we want them to use our assets. We have a really, really, really robust data asset management program. All of our images, all of our photography, um, all of our video, 100% like uh, rights or unrestricted rights. So we want all of them to be using that photography and stuff too. Uh, if we see a partner who's using stock photography, we gently direct them to our data asset management system to let them know we have these assets here for them and and they're they're at their disposal. Thanks. Yeah. Aloha kako. I'm Keho Obad. I come from Hawaii, and I'm a native Hawaiian there. And I'll, you know, certainly some of your messages rang very true to the experience that we've had there. One of the things that our Hawaii Tourism Authority has done that has started to change things and move things in the right direction is to invest in our local economy of you know very grassroots efforts, whether it's grassroots. Um, community activities, uh, local farmers, uh, local uh, entrepreneurial sort of efforts that um, build community strength. Are you folks engaged in some of that? And um, if so, how have you found success? And you know, what have been some of the lessons learned that um, we could talk about? And um, I would like to clarify to the room that Hawaii is very much still <laughs> welcoming visitors. We locals are still. Um, very much happy to have people there. And yes, done right, we are very happy to have that be part of our economy as well. So yeah, are you folks investing in some local community efforts? So great question. Um, we have kind of a tier, uh, a shared structure in Puerto Rico where the government of Puerto Rico still has an arm of tourism. So all of the marketing for many decades was done by the Puerto Rico Tourism Company, which is the government arm of tourism. In 2017, legislation was passed that created the DMO and moved everything marketing and sales related to the destination marketing organization. So we handle everything marketing and sales related. Anything related to product development, um, airline and cruise incentives, infrastructure, beach cleanup, all of those things locally happen under the Puerto Rico Tourism Company. So we do work closely with them, but those initiatives would have to be born out of their office. Um, I would say we have opportunity to grow a lot in that area in terms of um, incentivizing local tourism businesses, um, trying to grow the local businesses there. So it's it's not the responsibility of the, the DMO, but we do try to encourage that. We get lots of questions uh, about that, um, and, and we do try to, to direct those to the Puerto Rico Tourism Company. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. I'm Cressa, and I work in hospitality for North Lake Tahoe area. And you were talking a lot, you know, I've also worked in Maui too, where a lot of these communities are smaller, and it is really important for the locals to also believe 
that tourism is great. So do you have any more talking points about how you were able to lean into the locals a little bit more because you know, they're not looking at the advertisings that are going out, yeah. they're definitely more in person and they don't always attend the city halls, which could also be a little bit messy with mm -hmm. them having an open forum. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really simple. It's boots on the ground. I mean, we have had to. Uh, we've hired several consultants even to help extend our own staff. Um, we have a, a, a good sized staff, but trying to get people who actually live in those communities who we're trying to work with. So we have a regional staff, someone who works on the south side of the island, someone who works on the west side of the island. They're not only keeping us plugged into what's happening in the region, but they're keeping the region plugged into what's happening with the DMO. We're going um, to municipality by municipality, and there are 78 in Puerto Rico, so it's a big job, but we're literally going municipality by municipality. We're hosting what we call town halls, so we are bringing them to the table to have conversations about what's impacting those local communities and how can tourism help. And then we're also doing, um, it, it's one of the projects I've been most proud of working with uh, at Discover Puerto Rico. It's called La Idea or the Island Digital Education Academy. And we work with our partners at Miles Partnership. They're a, a digital ad agency who actually helped develop a campaign, um, a program in which we hired what we call digital gurus from our local universities who again are going municipality by municipality and sitting down and having one-on-ones with our tourism business owners to help them with their visibility in uh, the digital space. They are helping them uh, learn how to claim their Google My Business listings, what it means to update and manage you know, your Yelp profiles, your TripAdvisor profiles. It is a painstaking process, going municipality by municipality and business by business, but the old adage, you know, the, the rising tide lifts all ships is so true in, in this case. The, the businesses don't have time to do that. They're small, they're the, the business owners are the marketing people in many cases. So sitting down and, and giving them the time and attention to not just say, oh, here's, a, here's a, um, a workbook, here's some information, and expect that they're gonna go back and dig into that. We're doing it with them side by side, and it starts with evaluating, we call it a report card, where their platforms stand right now, and then how can we work through to improve that. So it is a, it's a long game. It's not something, I mean, in five years, we haven't covered every single municipality with all of these programs, but we're working through it, and we're seeing the, the difference, because dispersion is a huge part of our strategy. It's very important for us to get people outside of the metro area. San Juan's amazing, old San Juan's amazing. If you've been to Puerto Rico, it, it, it's incredible, and there's, there's, there's incredible product there. But in order for us to impact local communities, we've gotta get visitors outside of the metro area. When those visitors go outside of the metro area, the businesses have to be prepared to receive them. So it's a two-way street. You can't just market, 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 push the message out and cross your fingers and hope that everybody's gonna be really happy. For visitors to have a great experience, we have to educate our, our business owners. And so that, that's been a big piece of, of how we've been able to help kind of improve the, the local communities on the ground level. Yeah. Hello, I work for EF, which is an educational international travel company. We bring middle and high school students abroad. And I'm just curious um, if you have any insight on how to um, instill these uh, values such as DEIB to a younger audience, many who have maybe never even left their hometown before. I can take that. I think that's my wheelhouse. Um, so I think the, the good thing is that your lift isn't as hard as perhaps, you know, if you were working with an older generation, right? I think, you know, younger generations, Gen Zers, they, they're already, I mean, they're fluid. They kind of, you know, they don't see much difference, right? Um, and so, but I think it's just about exposure, um, exposing them to different types of uh, different cultures, different languages. Uh, I think social media is probably your friend as well, you know, in terms of really, you know, not everyone has an opportunity to travel. And I think that's what makes our job so much more important in that we're able to craft narratives and tell stories that expose these young people to different peoples uh, and different cultures in a, in a unique way. Um, so I think social media is one way, exposure uh, is another way. But I think I, w I can't think of another, a better way than, you know, a program like yours that actually gives them the opportunity to travel in a real way. Sure. Mike always looks shorter when I get up to it. Hey, thank Hi. you so much for sharing your insight and what's going on with um, Puerto Rico. I 
It is, I have a big place in my heart for Puerto Rico. My name is Sharinda Simmons. I'm a travel journalist, content creator, bad word influencer. <laughs> and um, I am actually shooting a docu-series and I went to Loisa and went there um, and that's where my first, um, my first episode is and I just, it literally sparked so much joy and culture, a cultural find for me. My question is that as a social media influencer, creating the content for these areas, although I was um, super excited about sharing it, when I shared it, it went like crazy viral. Three million people seen it. There were like people in my mind, I'm going now, I'm going there, you know, but I'm like, yeah, that's cool, I went viral. But then I'm like, wait, logistically, is that responsible? So I want to know, is there a better way to either communicate with either your, either as a DMO, as a tourism board, is there a better way to communicate when you're gonna put out content or if it's the best way, just having us to have that advisory of like, is this the best thing to do right now? Are you working on something else and maybe it should align a little better? I would love, I think we all as influencers wanna be an accompaniment to what you want to present for your country, for the city, and we just want to make sure, like, is there a pipeline or strategy yeah. or anything in place for something like that? That's a great question, and I'm, I'm thrilled Ketchum is here because they, uh, yeah. they help lead all of our influencer marketing programs. Mm -hmm. So we're very, very intentional with the influencers who we bring to the island. Obviously, lots of influencers come to Puerto Rico that don't come through right. Ketchum or through the DMO, right. but we have a, a pretty stringent vetting process. You know, we want to, dig deep in the content to ensure that they are aligned with our values. So we haven't even, that's a whole other session next year at South by Southwest, but you know, aligning the values of the people who are spreading that message, you know, whether it's influencers, whether it's journalists. Um, so that's happening on the back end. I would say if you're not already working through us and having, reach out. I mean, I think any DMO would be very happy to sit down and have a 15 minute conversation to say, here's what we would recommend, here's an area. I mean, right now, I think we, we had a conversation with a journalist a couple days ago where we said, you know, the south and west regions of Puerto Rico are the um, are, are the ones that are needing the most recovery help just in terms of the, the economic engine for tourism post the earthquakes in September. So they're fully open and operational, but people don't think they are because yeah. of all of the media coverage last year. So I would say to an influencer who wanted to come, hey, we'd love to have you down to the South region. We'd love for you to stay at these hotels to really express like what's happening on the ground level. And then work with the local businesses who, you, um, who, who you're featuring. I'm sure they would love to have you know, you tagging them and sharing, like if they want visitors, they're gonna tell you, hey, please tag me. I mean, our local businesses that are open that maybe you're frequently frequenting to, to tag them and make sure that you're um, communicating. I think like Jason, Jason said it best, not that you're just going there and you know experiencing the culture, but that you're doing it in the right way in a way that's going to really honor the island and help educate the next visitors who are coming down. No, I love it, and I, I am working with you all. I just wanted to ask, um, in general, I'm working with you with wits, but um, yeah, like, but I, I just, I, it's a, it's a big question. A lot of influencers, like, we talk and we're like, well, we want to make sure we're not making things worse on the exactly. ground. Exactly. So yeah. um, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, the right person um, to sh like reach out to to make sure. Like, I know you have a lot with your your you know your campaigns and things yeah. like that. But who would be like the best? point person if I was going to share this with my colleagues? Usually it's going to be our director of communications okay. or Ketchum is 100% yeah. ingrained in everything we're doing and, okay. and so our agency partners are on top of it yeah. <laughs> big time yeah. Oh yeah we should connect yeah. yeah. Post, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm coming over. Did you, did you dance Bomba y Plena? That is oh, the yeah, question. I, okay. I got, also, um, I was taught by Tata Cepeda. She actually did a private like, oh, session with wow. me. I got to meet Modesto Lacin. Like, oh, it was really it. amazing. Love I'm really it. excited for that release. But, oh, love it. Okay, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, super helpful, and I'll pass it. I'll, I'll send off the information. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Hello, my name is Jose. I'm born and raised in Puerto Rico. Awesome. Um, what is the best uh, advice you can give to uh, a local that's starting their own business in tourism? 
Oh, wow. Well, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Um, I, so the Puerto Rico Tourism Company is going to be a great place to start because, again, when it comes to tourism incentives for businesses that are starting in Puerto Rico, that's going to go through them. They're also the folks who are in charge of, like, certifications. So, for instance, if you were starting um, a – you're opening a short-term rental or a hotel or you were going to be a tour operator on the ground, they'll certify you through the Puerto Rico Tourism Company. When it comes, you know, when the business is up and it's running and you're ready to start, you know, marketing and letting people know, then 100% reach out to the DMO. You can reach out to me personally. We're going to get you plugged into the system. There's so many things that we offer to our local partners in terms of uh, visibility. So you can have free listings on our website. We feature you in email blasts. There's tons of ways to get plugged into the DMO featuring your business. Um, for instance, if it, it's a restaurant or a chocolatier, like we can put you on fam trips. So when we're bringing journalists and influencers to the island, we ensure that they're coming to visit you and have experiences there getting exposed to new products. I mean, we love being able to promote new local products. So I would start with PRTC if you haven't already, and then when, when you're ready to launch the DMO. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, I, we're right on time unless there's anything else. Thank you so much for...